Good morning. How's everybody doing? As Tyler just said, uh, my name is Antonio McKenzie, and um, this is my beautiful family over here to the, to, the, to the left of me, the McKenzie family. Give it up. Um, as you can see, uh, it's my wife, Lisa, on the far right, um, and my oldest daughter, Ariana. Young lady with the cap and gown, that's Alicia, right? Congratulations, she just graduated high school on her way to college. Let's give it up for her. This is my, uh, my oldest son, AJ, uh, right there next to me, you know, the next tallest young man. <laughs> and uh, my youngest daughter, Aaliyah, and my youngest son, Anthony. So that's the McKenzie fam. So give it up for them. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a... Lord's willing, next month we're going to have two kids in college. So y'all make sure y'all pray for us. If we're going to have a discussion at the table, just discuss that. Like, how is the McKenzie family going to make it through that? <laughs> Uh, as we, as Tyler just said, we've been talking about, uh, we've been going through the book of Hebrews, and today we're going today we, we will dig into Hebrews, the 12th chapter, right? And our focus will be endurance. Everybody say endurance. Endurance. So Hebrews, the 12th chapter, the first verse, uh, it says, therefore, everybody there? It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, which is what our brother Kevin um, preached on last Sunday. And it's very unique that uh, Kevin talked about weights because I don't lift at all. So <laughs> if me and Kevin went in the gym together, he'll probably go to the weight section. I go to the cardio section. So this is good that my verse is, and let us run, right? Let us run with endurance. Uh, let us run with the endurance, the race that is set before us. Amen. Amen. So, so like I said, our focus will be um, endurance. And I want to have a story, a quick story about when I was in college. It was 2004. And as you can see, there's a, there's a picture of a CD. Uh, this guy right here, his name is Emmanuel Lambert. And actually, his, the song that I'm talking about is called uh, My Story. But this is my story. And I'm telling you this story in hopes that this is the same emotion or same feeling that we will go through today, what happened to me this day. In 2004, I was at University of North Texas. I'm in Family Christian, and my friend had just introduced me to Christian rap. Any Christian rap fans out here? Yeah. Lecrae actually went to college with Lecrae, so that's my, that's my highlight of my life, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, actually, I was in Family Christian, and I was just introduced to Christian rap. And, and throughout my life, uh, growing up in Dallas, I used to always hear people give these crazy testimonies, right? Everybody heard people, like, people be delivered, like, from crazy, you know, like, like, extreme, like, man, I shot 10 people and God saved me, you know, just, you know, and, and I never had that testimonies, but I was like, man, I was so, as a young man, I was so locked in on basketball that I believe that God just used basketball to, like, to cover me from different things in the world, right? So I was, you know, I was a simple young man. I hooped, and I, I went home, hung out with my friends. That was it. So and, and when I turned 17, like, God began to deal with me, and I began to ask questions to God, like, man, God, can I really live for you? You know, and... But I always heard these testimonies, and I used, to, I, hear, I used to hear people say, like, if you don't go through nothing, then you really can't serve God. So I was wrestling with it, like, man, God, you're dealing with my heart. Like, I, I have all these questions with you, but I don't have these extreme testimonies that I hear. So, so I was dealing with that in college, right? So when I, when I heard this song uh, called My Story, it blew my mind. Because the truth says this. He says this in the song. I'm not, I'm not going to rap the whole thing. If you want me to, I can. Somebody start beatboxing. <laughs> But uh, the truth said this. He said, I don't have a horror story. God kept me in my youth. I give him all the glory. Though my story didn't flow, but now I know the blood of the lamb has saved my soul. That's my testimony. 
right? So I was like, dang, man, like, it's cool. Like, I'm all right. I don't have a crazy testimony. Like, it's, it's great. Like, God, God has delivered me. Like, God, is, is, God was messing with me. He was, he was, he was like, pressing my heart about things, but I didn't, I didn't have to compare myself no longer to other people, right? So I was content with, like, yeah, I could run this race that God has given me. So that damn family Christian, it encouraged me. So I'm quite sure people, people walking there, like, what's wrong with this dude right here in the back? Because I was so excited. I was like, yes, man, it's okay, the race that I'm running. It's good. It's fine. And that's what my prayer is for us today, is that we can experience that same emotion, that same feeling, that same authentic feeling like, yes, I have a different race than the brother and my sister that I'm sitting next to. But glory be to God that the same God that delivered you is the same God that delivered me. Amen. So that's the hope within the testimonies that, yes, God is with you. Right? Everybody following me? All right. So here's a picture. Has anybody ran a marathon? Raise your hand. If you ran a marathon. Man. Half, no, not half. No, okay, yeah. Anybody ran a half a marathon? Okay. What's, what's, what's the half? Like 13 points? 13 points? Yes, it is a long way. Okay, my bad. Who's ran a half marathon? Raise your hand. Yeah, let's go. Okay, who's, who's ran a real marathon? Raise your hand. <laughs> anybody, ran a, anybody ran a real marathon? We got one, two? All right, everybody, let's lay hands on those people, all right? Let's, let's pray for them right now, all right? So yes, a marathon is 26.2 and the other one is 13.6, something like that, right? Uh, but as you see these two pictures, I want you to tell me what, spit out what you see right here. Anybody, are you able to see this picture clearly? What, what, what do y'all see with this marathon? They look focused. They are locked in. Anything else? They're skinny. <laughs> no doubt. You run 26.2 miles, yeah, you're going to be skinny, right? They're together. That's good. Anything else? They got the right shoes on. They, they are dressed for success, right? They ready to run. They got short shorts? Yeah. Actually, guys, if you didn't know, I, I actually won this. No, I, I didn't win this marathon. I just won. I was nowhere near. All right. Uh, this is, but this is actually the Boston Marathon. Anybody know anything about the Boston Marathon? It's one of the most popular marathons, right? And it is 26.2 miles. In order for you, if you're like between the ages of 18 and 34, if you want to run this race, you got to qualify. You got to run 26.2 miles in three hours. Good luck, right? <laughs> Good luck. So yeah, this is the Boston Marathon, and the winner of the Boston Marathon gets the prize of, guess, can anybody guess how much? $150,000. At three, at three hours, it might be worth it now, right? <laughs> yeah, so um, yes, this is the Boston Marathon. Let's go to the next, the next uh, picture. Yeah, here we go. Anybody know what this is? This is Disney, right? My man dancing right here, I think, right? This is, actually, this is actually a marathon, too. This is the Disney Marathon. And guess what's your qualifying time to get in this marathon? Pay, pay $227. <laughs> pay $227. You qualify to get in this race. But is it still a marathon? Yes, it's still a marathon, right? 26.2 miles. But the, it's, it's a little different, right? People are dancing. Some people are focused. Some people are smiling for the cameraman, right? Like, it's different. It's different things that they're doing. It's different courses, right? It's different entertainment, but it's still a race. So we're talking about endurance today. The first point I want to I make to you guys and you girls, you young men, young women, is that every race, right? Every race may be different. So the first point is this. Understand that there are different races. Everybody, everybody understand me? Is being a house mother or a housewife as difficult is being a businessman over a multi-billion dollar company, it may be different. 
But is it a race? Yes, right? Understand that. Understand that every race is different. You don't have to compare yourself to other people. The race that God has for you is for you. Is it harder? I don't know. Sometimes you may feel like you're at a Disney marathon, right? <laughs> Sometimes you may feel like you're in a Boston marathon. Which one does God honor more? The question, the answer is both. So understand that. Understand that both, that both no, no matter what your race is, no matter if you're, you feel like you're in a Disney marathon, no matter you feel like you're in a Boston marathon, God honors both, right? Let's go to Hebrews 11 chapters. Let's look at the cloud of witnesses, and then we'll move on to the next, to the next, um, to the next point. I have three points for us today. Uh, Hebrews 11 chapter, uh, the, 32, the 32nd verse. Let's look, at the, let's look at the different races. And what more shall I say? For time will fail me to, to tell of Gideon, Barak, um, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith, notice their races, like some was kings, right? Who through faith, they conquered kingdoms. They enforced justice. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, who made strong out of weakness, became mighty, mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. So you see, you see, you see the first half of it, right? You have pe people like accomplishing great feats, right? You have kings who are conquering nations. You have different things. You have people closing the mouths of lions. That's like amazing things. But look on the other side of it. Look at verse 35. Look at verse 35, the second half of verse 35. It says, some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they, may rise, so that they might rise to, again to a better life. Sounds fun, right? Verse 36. Others suffered mocking and flogging. In your race, are you, you going to suffer some, mock, some mocking and flogging? Possibly. May feel like the Boston Marathon, possibly. Some people may not face mocking and flogging, right? It's still a race. Others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. Man, this is heavy. They were killed with a sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And I love this part. So think about this. Think, think about what the author is saying. Through, through, through different people's races, they experience different trials, right? Some of them was just like successful, like David and Solomon. They were kings. Some people are like successful businessmen. Then some were tortured. You see the differences of the races, right? Some were just serving their kids, <laughs> I have a friend named Darren Ballard. He said, you know, he, my, my friend Darren, Bar Darren Ballard, excuse me, has four kids right now and a wife. And he said, you know, you know what the game changer in my life is? I said, what is it? He said, my mother was at home every day. Ooh. So Disney, <laughs> you feel like you was in Disney Marathon, but it impacted a whole, a whole generation of people. It's crazy, right? But look at this. Throughout everything, the, the people who were sought into, the people who conquered kingdoms, it says what? And all these though commended through their faith. So pretty much everybody through every race, they were all commended. Not one was commended higher than the other. It says they were, they were all commended. 
So is God, is God going to commend us for the race that he has for us? Amen. Yes, he is. So be okay with the race that God has for you. Amen. Point number two, understand your race. What, what does it say in verse uh, in, in Hebrews 12? It says the race that is what? That's set before you. The race has been set before us. So each, each race that we run is the race that God has given us. Here's the news. You didn't choose that race. <laughs> you may say you want to run a marath- the Boston Marathon, and God said, no, I think the Disney is better for you. <laughs> right? But the Boston Marathon, you know, like, like me, for, for instance, I would do better in the Boston Marathon because I'm, I'm better, like, when I'm locked in and I'm just running. Can you imagine running 13 miles and Mickey Mouse come dancing in front of you? <laughs> you may want to slap him, right? <laughs> right? But no, God says you may need <laughs> the Disney Marathon. Because Mickey Mouse is going to build patience in you. Yeah. Right? It says the, the race that has been what? Been set for us. So the place that God has for you, the places that God has taken you, the place, everything that he has for you is set for you. You don't, you don't determine it. That's a good thing. Yeah. Maybe a good thing. Because I, 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 might, I might run the Boston Marathon and tear my Achilles. <laughs> so God is saying, you know what? I, I'm, I'm saving you for myself. Amen. We got to remember that we're vessels for him. We're vessels for him. Let's look at an example of that. Acts 21. Here's an example of understanding your race. Let's look at our brother Paul. Acts 21 and 10 chapter. I'm sorry, the 21st chapter, verse 10. While we were staying for many days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And coming to us, he took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, this is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. When we heard this, when when the disciples heard that Paul was about to die, what do you think they said? Don't do it, Paul. Do not go to Jerusalem. We don't want you to die, right? We and the people, you can go back, I'm sorry. We and the people there urged him not to go to Jerusalem, right? Next verse. Then Paul answered. Listen, look at Paul. Did Paul understand his race? Yes, he did. Like, what are you doing? Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be in prison, but what? But even to to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Did Paul understand his, his race? How did Paul understand his race? And since he would not be persuaded, we see the disciples say, you know what, man? Whatever God says, let's follow that. Amen? What is the race of Paul? Persecution. Suffering. How do we know that? Verse 9. Chapter 9, I'm sorry. But the Lord said to him, this is, this is when Paul was first converted, right? When he was Saul and first, first converted to Paul. Listen, listen to what God says. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him what? How much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Y'all see it? The reason why Paul can face death was why? Because he understood what his race was. So our second point is that. Understand your race. And you may say, man, I have no idea what my race is. It feels like Disney. Understand if Disney is for you, it's for you. Understand your race. And hopefully today, we can all walk out of here saying, I know what my race is. And I could be okay with the obstacles that may come with it. 
I could be okay with the with the, the blessings, I would say, that may come with it. I could be okay with everything that comes with it because I know that this is the race that God has for me. Amen? What's the last point? Our last point is this. This is good because when you run a marathon, I didn't know this. Like, I would think, if you, what, what do you think? How do you train for a marathon? Just go run every day, right? <laughs> I'm thinking like, yeah, just run 26 miles every other day and you'll be fine. But if, if you actually study like how, how to run a marathon, like you don't even run this 26 miles ever. Which is crazy, right? So you have to trust what? Trust the, trust the coach who's coaching you how to run a marathon. So, so for the marathon, for the race of our life, what should we do? Our last point is this. Focus on one coach. Not yourself. Oh, I know how to run this race. Nah, you don't know how to run that race. You don't know what's coming. Because it, it even said, if you study it, like study running a marathon, if you, if you do too much too, too soon, your body will give out. So you have to build to, those, to, to that marathon. Then it says, like, the highest that you should run is 20 miles. Because then on a race, when you get to the race, your, your adrenaline will be running so, will be so high that you will finish the race. That's, that's crazy, though. Because we would think, no, that's not the way you train for a marathon. So what about the marathon of life? What, what did the verse say? Let's, let's, let's read Hebrews 12 again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witness, witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, right? The race is set before us. But how do we run it? What's the key for this race? It says, looking to Jesus. <laughs> there it is. Man, how do I be a coach? Man, how do I be a pastor? Man, how do I be, how do I be a businessman? How do I be a college student? What does it look like for me to follow Jesus in the eighth grade? <laughs> Listen to what the writer says. He says, fix your eyes on one coach. You know what the problem is when you run in a race? You think you know better. <laughs> right? We think we understand what's the best way to run it. And the writer says, do this. If you want to be successful in a race, in a race of life, as a believer, brothers and sisters, do this. Fix your eyes on one coach. Because the coach did what? The coach is the one who set the race. So when you're running, you, you may say, man, this doesn't make sense, but how do I handle this? What is it that you want to do? What is it that God has placed upon your heart? Where is it that God has taken you? It doesn't matter. Our races are different. So no matter if you're running the Disney Marathon, the Boston Marathon, the softer half marathon. <laughs> I'm just joking, y'all. It doesn't matter what you're running. It says, in order for you to be successful as a believer, in order for us to get through this race, we must look intently upon Jesus. That's why you can't compare yourself to other people. You may have a friend who's doing the exact same thing that you're doing, and God may take you on a totally different path. And you have to be okay with that. Because the race that he has for you is different from that race that that brother or sister is having for you. Isn't it amazing that, it, that, that, that the verse doesn't even say, look at the witnesses who suffered all those things? Why? Because they're too busy running their race. <laughs> and they may say, do things the way that I say do it, which is why I'm convicted as a dad right now, because I'm trying to tell my sons to do things the way. No, that's my race. My race is different than my sons, right? So I have to let them run the race that God has for them. But I'm here to cheer them on, right? The witnesses, what, what's the purpose of the witnesses? The purpose of the witnesses, in my opinion, is to say, listen, I went through this hard trial, but let me take you to the coach. <laughs> if you follow that coach right there, he's the best. Have anybody had a good coach? 
Like, this is the best coach you can have right here. He's, he's not just going to train you. He's going to walk with you through everything. His training is perfect, right? So, I, so, if we, so our job is to look intently to the one coach. Follow him everywhere you go. A coach at, when I was coaching in Branson, Missouri, basketball, this is my last thing and I end on this, um, I talked to a coach from the University of Central Arkansas, and I, he, I thought he was asking me about basketball, but he was really, God was really u- using him to, like, to really pour into me. And he said this. He said, this is what I do, Antonio. He said, I call it spirit-led coaching. He said, I invite God into everything that I do. If I have practice today, hey, God, you're invited. How do you want me to practice? Are we able to do that? Isn't it amazing that Jesus says, rely upon me, for without me, you cannot do what? Anything. So I think the coach yearns for us to, for us to, to, to fellowship with him. He's like, I want to teach you. It's the joy that's set before him that he wants this relationship with us. So, man, that, that's amazing. No matter what race you're in today, no matter what race you're in today, the father says this, look intently upon my son and he will be with you everywhere you go. Therefore, you can run that race and then you can become that cloud of witnesses for other people. Not to point to yourself, not to say I overcame that, right? Right, right? Like in the book of Acts, when you, have you ever seen them? Have you ever seen like, like the disciples do something crazy, like amazing, and then the people go serve them? What do the disciples say? What are you doing? It's not me. <laughs> That's our job. Become a cloud of witness. The witnesses say it's not us. It's the coach who's doing it. So the last point is that. Focus on one coach.